Hi, I'm Walter Lane, and you've tuned in to a sermon podcast from the Netherwood Park Church of Christ in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Thanks for listening. out there. That's great. Uh, Last week, we started a new series of sermons, and they're focused on our 2018 theme, which I think most of you know is Out of the Boat, Living Uncomfortably. If you weren't here last week, I want to encourage you to do a couple of different things. One is I want to encourage you to go where you normally find bulletins and get one of the wristbands that you'll find there. On the wristband, you'll find our theme for the year plus the scripture for the year. And I'd encourage you to take one of those and put it somewhere where you can see it or wear it just to remind you of what we are calling ourselves to do and what God is calling us to do as we strive to get out of the boat to join Jesus out on the water and do uncomfortable things. The second thing I'd like to encourage you to do is, if you weren't here last week, is go onto our website Uh, Find the podcast and listen to the podcast of last week's sermon. It's the introductory sermon of this series, and it will help you as we go forward with the sermons which are to follow. It'll take you about half an hour to do that. So I want you to know up front that today we're going to address some uncomfortable questions. We're going to ask ourselves and we're going to ask each other, has our Christianity become too comfortable? We're going to be asking, are our comforts or our quest for comforts, are those things holding us back from following Christ out on the water? And I want to tell you what my goal is right up front as well. My goal this morning is to step on everyone's toes at least once. If you don't leave here this morning feeling like your toes have been uncomfortably stepped on, then most likely one or both of us didn't do our jobs this morning. If you leave here with unbruised toes, either I didn't do a good job of pointing to some really big yellow warning signs, or you didn't do a good job of recognizing that some of those warning signs were intended for you. And just so you know, I'm not exempt from the toe-stepping. In fact, I've been walking rather gingerly this week because as I've been preparing for this sermon, I found that I was continually stepping on my own toes. It turns out that those big yellow warning signs are for me, too. So we're going to get to those big yellow warning signs here in a minute. But before we do, let's take a few minutes to set the stage and to provide some context about what we're going to be speaking about this morning. Last week, if you were here, you'll remember that we learned that comfortable Christianity is an oxymoron. 
comfortable Christianity, those are two words that don't belong together. They don't go together. Jesus didn't lead his followers down a comfortable path. Instead, the path to a strong and active and vibrant and mature and obedient spiritual life is inherently uncomfortable. We carry a cross down that path. We deny ourselves and put others first as we move down that path. That path leads to persecution and it leads to obedience to the point of death. So if we are going to truly follow Jesus, we're going to walk down an uncomfortable path. And that could be a real problem for people like us. People who love being comfortable. The path that follows Jesus presents an uncomfortable problem and it presents an uncomfortable decision. See, we have to decide, are we going to choose Jesus and his uncomfortable path? Or are we instead going to choose the comfortable way of our culture? Now, you should also know that that uncomfortable problem, that uncomfortable decision, isn't something that's new to us. In fact, God's people have struggled with the choice of following comfort or choosing to follow him for as long as there have been comforts. For example, after being rescued from slavery and sustained in the wilderness for 40 years, the nation of Israel was about to move into their promised land. And as they're about to move into the promised land, just listen to what God was concerned about. You'll find this in Deuteronomy chapter 8. This is Moses speaking for God to the people. And he says, When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful, not to, oh, diso, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Listen to what he says. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build your large houses, when you settle down, when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied... Then your heart will become proud. Your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. What's God concerned about? Well, God is concerned that once the people become comfortable, once they become full and satisfied and are living in their big houses, once they have large bank accounts, they're going to forget him. And since we know the history of Israel, we know that God's fears were realized. Once Israel arrived, once they had made it, once they're in the promised land, they forgot who brought them there. Well, the problem with being too comfortable also concerned Jesus. It concerned Jesus to the point that he told a parable about the dangers of choosing comfort instead of choosing God. Luke chapter 12, we read this. Jesus said, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And then he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. So he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, self, 
You have plenty of good things stored up for many years. So take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? And this is how it will be for anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. That farmer in the story is just dripping with comfort. He's got plenty of good things for many years, and that's going to allow him to take life easy while he eats and drinks and makes merry. But all of that comfort All of that comfort that came from his rich harvest couldn't overcome the poverty of his relationship with God. Well, Jesus also had a personal encounter. And this encounter was with a good and religious man. And he was faced with the problem of choosing between his comfortable path or choosing to follow Jesus' uncomfortable way. We read about this in Matthew chapter 19. We read that a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? What do you ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones, the man inquired. Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Can't you just feel that tug of war that's going on? The the comfortable life is pulling in one direction. And a life with Jesus is pulling in the other direction. But sadly, the pull of his comfortable possessions kept the religious man from following Jesus. And then I want to give you a final and I think even more tragic example of the dangers of comfort. Listen to what can happen to entire churches who fall into the comfort trap. Revelation chapter 3. This is when the Apostle John is recounting what Jesus told him to report about the fate of different churches. So John recorded this. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write... These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Does that hit you like it hits me? To think that we as a church could become spit-worthy to Jesus Christ. Not because we closed the doors and quit meeting together. Not because we ceased being a church. Not because we were guilty of some grave heresy. 
but because we became so comfortable, so comfortable with our wealth and our comforts that we quit relying on our God. See, it was the self-sufficiency of the church in Laodicea. It was their reliance on their own comforts that made them distasteful to the Lord. And I go through these examples just to make sure that we all understand that I'm not making this stuff up. The dangers of comfort are real. And we face the same dangers and we face the same problems that have faced God's people since he created his people. And among the many dangers that we face, one of the most dangerous problems is our desire for comfort and our reliance on our own comforts. We're in that same tug of war. Our comfort's pulling us one way and our desire for Jesus pulling us the other. And if we don't recognize that we're being pulled away from Jesus by our comforts, we're going to find ourselves in the same boat as Israel. We're going to find ourselves thinking that we have arrived, but forgetting who brought us here. We'll find ourselves in the same boat as that farmer, rich in possessions, but poor in our relationship with God. We'll find ourselves in the same boat with that religious young man, not able to let go of the anchor of our comforts that would allow us to follow Jesus. Or we might collectively find ourselves in the boat with the church in Laodicea, so self-satisfied with our accomplishments and our possessions that we become spit-worthy to the Lord. Now, I'm not making this stuff up. And that's why I challenged you last week to come up with a list of warning signs. A list of warning signs that would indicate that your Christianity has become too comfortable. Warning signs that in your life, Jesus is losing that tug of war. Losing the tug of war with your comforts. And I hope that you did that. I hope that you came prepared with a list so you can compare your list to my list. And if you did accept that challenge, I wouldn't be at all surprised if many of you had the same experience that I had. See, I didn't have a problem making a list of warning signs. The problem I had was narrowing my list down. There are so many warning signs. So this list isn't exhaustive. And if your list looks very different from mine, that doesn't mean that your list is wrong. It's just an indication that there are numerous warning signs for us to choose from. So I narrowed my list down to seven. Seven warning signs that my Christianity or your Christianity has become too comfortable. And I think these seven particular warning signs are particularly relevant to being a 21st century Christian living in the United States. So with no further ado, and in no particular order, here are my seven warning signs that my Christianity or your Christianity has become too comfortable. Warning sign number one. There is no friction between your Christianity and your partisan politics. I don't care if you're a hardcore Republican or a lifelong Democrat or a committed Libertarian. Whatever your political stripe, 
If you never feel any tension between your political party's beliefs and actions and your Christian faith, then I'd suggest your Christianity has become too comfortable. I would suggest that you've shaped your faith to comfortably fit your politics. See, a strong Christian faith will always have points of conflict with any political party, any political system. So, no friction between your Christianity and partisan politics. That's warning sign number one. Warning sign number two is that you don't have any paradoxes, no tensions, no unresolved questions concerning your faith. You know, if you don't find yourself pondering and wrestling with the great mysteries of the Christian faith, your Christianity's probably become too comfortable. Questions like, how can God be sovereign and in complete control, yet I still have free will? How can the Father, Son, and the Spirit be one, but yet be three? See, if your faith isn't continually asking why and where and how, if your mind isn't repeatedly being blown by new insights into God's nature, if you're satisfied that you've grasped all that there is to know about our God, then your Christianity has become too comfortable. No paradoxes, no tensions, or unresolved questions. That's warning sign number two. Warning sign number three that your Christianity has become too comfortable is this. If your friends and your coworkers and maybe your fellow students are or would be surprised to find out that you're a church-going Christian, then I would suggest your Christianity has become too comfortable. If you blend in, if your Christianity is really well camouflaged, if nothing sets you apart or identifies you as a follower of Christ, then your Christianity has become too comfortable. If the way that you think and the way that you act doesn't stand in contrast to the unbelieving world, and if the way that you think and act doesn't at times stand in conflict with the unbelieving world, then I'd say your Christianity has become too comfortable. So people who know you, being surprised that you are a Christian, that's warning sign number three. Warning sign number four. If the plight of the poor, the plight of the suffering, the plight of the displaced, if that doesn't concern you, if that doesn't move you to action, then I would suggest that your Christianity has become too comfortable. If victims of genocide and famine and earthquakes, if that doesn't move you, if injustice and oppression doesn't affect you, if your own comfort blinds you to the discomfort of others, I would say your Christianity has become too comfortable. If you're not moved by the plight of the suffering, that's warning sign number four. Warning sign number five. David Nestor would say this is when I go from preaching to meddling. If the amount of money you give to your church doesn't require you to sacrifice any of your desires, then your Christianity has become too comfortable. If you don't have to deny yourself in order to contribute to God's church and God's work, then your Christianity has become too comfortable. If you first take care of all of your own desires and then grudgingly give some of what's left, then... 
I'd say your Christianity has become too comfortable. Giving that's unaccompanied by sacrifice, that's warning sign number five. Warning sign number six. If nothing you do on Sunday impacts the rest of your week, then I'd say your Christianity has become too comfortable. If the Lord's body and the Lord's blood leaves you unmoved and unchanged, if being in God's presence and in the presence of God's word and in the presence of God's people, if that leaves you unchanged, if you're the same person on Monday that you were on Saturday, then I'd say your Christianity has become too comfortable. Sunday not impacting Monday is warning sign number six. And finally, warning sign number seven. A warning sign that your Christianity has become too comfortable. This warning sign is that you are convinced that you don't have enough time for even the simplest of spiritual activities. In other words, if nothing you do during the rest of the week prepares you for Sundays then I'd say your Christianity has become too comfortable. I'm going to get real personal and real specific now. If you can't take five minutes out of your day to read a short, a short section of Scripture to help prepare you for Sunday sermon, then I'd say your Christianity has become too comfortable. If you can't take a couple of moments out of your day to open an email and pray for a brother or sister who is hurting and who will be joining you in worship on Sunday morning, then I'd say your Christianity's become too comfortable. Not having the time for even the simplest of spiritual activities is warning sign number seven. So let's revisit my goal. My goal this morning was to step on everyone's toes at least once. So how did I do? I want you to know I don't take any pleasure in toe stepping. I don't like having my toes stepped on, and I don't enjoy stepping on other people's toes. And I also recognize there's no real value in stepping on toes if all it does is make us walk out of here with a limp. We've accomplished nothing. All I've done is bruise some toes and nothing else changes. Then I've wasted my time. And I've wasted your time. We all hate wasted time, don't we? So I want to end by posing one last set of questions for us. And the way that we answer these questions will determine whether this has all been just a great waste of time. So the big question that we need to answer is whether we're willing to trade in these temporarily bruised toes from this morning, these toes that we're going to walk out of here with this morning, are we willing to trade those for an ongoing, uncomfortable walk with Jesus out of the boat and out on the water? And to help us answer that big question, let's answer some smaller questions. Are we going to rely on God instead of relying on ourselves? And are we going to go out and serve instead of going out insisting to be served? 
Are we going to go out and sacrifice our own desires for the needs of others? Are we going to follow Jesus in doing hard things and by embracing some unpopular and hard truths? And are we going to embrace each other and embrace Jesus' church by doing life with often difficult people? And choosing to do that not because it's easy, but because doing that brings glory to our God. Are we going to trade our temporarily bruised toes for an ongoing, uncomfortable walk with Jesus? Not because that walk is easy, but because that walk is with Jesus. Because Jesus is the answer to our questions. Jesus is the only answer. I want you to hear Jesus this morning as he says to you and he says to me and he says to our bruised toes, come unto me and you will find rest for your souls. Let's pray together. Father, give us the courage and give us the strength and give us the desire, Father, to not lose the tug of war. Not let our comforts pull us away from you and your son, Jesus Christ. Father, let us take these warning signs as true warnings. Father, help us turn away from the things that would stand between us and you and stand between us and our walk with Jesus. So that, Father, we can truly follow him. We pray this in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. So uncomfortable challenge number 32s, and I have to admit this challenge is uncomfortable for me to even talk about. And I know it will be uncomfortable for many, if not most of us, to actually go and do, but I encourage you to do it. This week, prayerfully consider your weekly giving, giving to the church. And ask yourself this question, does the amount that I give require me to sacrifice any of my desires? Ask yourself, is my giving first fruit giving or is it leftover giving? Is what I give given cheerfully or is it giving that's done reluctantly? And as you're doing that, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should give what they have decided to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Take the challenge. Ask yourself those questions. Look at the warning signs and follow Jesus Christ. Let's stand and let's worship the King.